Coach, how's it going? Good evening. How's everything? Uh, everything's going good over here. Coach, you want to give yourself a brief introduction to our listeners? Yes, uh, my name is Will Maynard, and I'm from West River, Maryland, which is about 15 minutes uh, south of Annapolis, the capital of Maryland. Um, I've been coaching for a long time. Uh, this will be my, what, 17th, 18th year coaching, depending on if you include the COVID year or not. Uh, I played basketball. Uh, I, I coach at my alma mater, Southern High School. Uh, I, I played basketball there where I was an all-county, all-state, 1,000-point score. I went to JUCO where I had a good career, played at Kingsville Community College under uh, Randy Gregory. Um, I played against one of you. I played in the starting backcourt with your buddy, Akeem Scott. We played together for a year, uh, lost in the championship game, but nevertheless, we had a good team. Um, just looking back at that team, I mean, it's crazy how many kids on that team went to the next level. You have, um, so you look at it, Akeem went Division One. We had another kid, uh, Brandon Jeffers. He went to, Akeem went to High Point. Brian Jeff Brandon Jeffers went to Radford. Jerron Taylor went to Wright State, who's currently um, the head coach of Team Mellow 17U, and he coaches uh, Dundalk Community College. We had two kids that played at UDC. Um, we had another dude that went to Canada, and then I had and then I earned a scholarship to Shepherd. So had a good group. And then when I was at Shepherd. Um, I, I was up there with my boy, uh, Chad Myers, the, the head coach of the prep team at IMG Academy. He's a very successful um, guy. Um, and I played with another guy in JUCO, a guy named Jan Velen, who is a European agent who's doing very well. So I've been fortunate with the game of basketball. I've connected with a lot of people. So from what it sounds like, you probably didn't lose a whole lot of games. Yeah, we weren't too bad. We weren't too, you know, back when I was playing, JUCO was a lot different than it was now. You know, prep school wasn't as prevalent back then it was now. Majority of the guys that were going to prep school were rich kids or like high majors who needed their transcripts fixed. Um, not like now where you have a, a 5'10 Division three kid go to prep school thinking he's going to go and be a Division one basketball player. You know what I mean? But, you know, other than that, uh, I mean, that's me. I mean, like I said, I, I've been coaching at my alma mater. I, I love it. You know, I've had, I've had opportunities to leave, but I, I don't think people understand how tough it is to leave a place you call home, you know? No doubt. Talk about growing up in Maryland. I loved it. The basket, it was a basketball hotbed. Um, I'm an only child. I'm my mother's only child and my only siblings or half siblings from my father's side. So I had cousins that really took me under my wing. And uh, I grew up, you know, playing on a court. I grew up the old school way. We didn't have trainers and any of that stuff. You know, I grew up with my older cousins taking me to the court and beating me up. And that's how really I was able to get better because uh, of, of that lifestyle. You know what I mean? I was fortunate enough to have a great lifestyle. Um, you know, my, my mother worked for the government, so I never needed to want for anything. So I was able to go to basketball camps whenever I wanted to and all that type of stuff. So I, I had a great childhood. I, no complaints. No complaints. My mother was strict. Don't get it twisted. She was very strict. But 
You know what I'm saying? I, I never wanted anything. You know what I'm saying? She took care of me. Who were some of the players you looked up to growing up? Um, well, it's it's funny. So I always it, it's it's a lot of kids, a lot of dudes that I liked actually. You know, obviously Michael Jordan was my idol. I loved Michael Jordan. He was I mean, I wore 23 until high school because, you know, I, I love Michael Jordan. So he definitely was one that I, I looked up to. Um, another player I really liked a lot, who in my opinion is the best college basketball player I've ever seen, is Glenn Robinson. I really love Glenn Robinson. I hated Purdue, but I loved watching Glenn Robinson because I just thought that he was just ridiculous how good he was and how smooth he was. Um, and – I, Allen Iverson, I'm a big Georgetown fan. You know that. So, you know, I love Allen Iverson. That, that was my guy. You know, I could watch him play all the time. Like you mentioned, you know, you played your high school basketball at Southern High School. You know, you mentioned your coach. But, you know, who are some of the notable players you went up against in high school? Um. Well, in my in my league, we had quite a few Division One kids in my league, dude. I know we had a dude that named Terrell Ross. He went to Texas. Uh, he was on that actually that Texas team with with uh, TJ Ford and stuff that went to the Final Four. Uh, guy, a guy named Marcus Neal. He played in Nebraska. Uh, guy named Jeff Charles went to the Naval Academy. Uh, kid named Marcus Johnson. He went to College of Charleston. Um, so it was quite a few guys, and that was just like in season. Now, summer league, the summer league I, I was in was crazy. So we played in a summer league at Largo that was ran by Lou Wilson, who used to be at Riverdale Baptist, who's now at Wise. And that league was ridiculous. You had a lot of the best teams in the area. You know, you had, you know, back then, you know, when I was playing, public schools was it. You know, kids went to private school, but – you know, the public schools were, I mean, public schools were beating the matter back in the day. You know, that's how good they were. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, DeMar Johnson, you look at him, he was a lottery pick. He was he was in the league. Um, he had, uh, who else was there? Bernard Robinson, he played at Michigan. Um, Brian Chase went to Virginia Tech. You had James White, he was in the league with the Knicks. He went to Cincinnati. You know, you're a two-time All-State basketball player, scored 1,000 points, uh, you know, for the Bulldogs. You end up going JUCO, like you mentioned, uh, Catonsville. What made you decide to go JUCO, and what was it about that school that made it the right fit for you? Um, well, like, I had some, like, low-level D1 interests and stuff like that. Really went close – really was close to going to the Naval Academy. Like I went through the process of going through and getting all the necessary um, stuff that I needed from like the delegates and all that type of stuff. But I was in the back of my mind, I was still thinking about the Gulf War. So I was scared to death. So that was just something that I really wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Trying to be a part of. Um, I just thought Juco route was good. You know, back then, I mean, it was some dogs in Juco. Like I knew a couple of dudes from my area that went to Juco. Um, especially that JUCO, um, Luke D'Alessio was at my JUCO before he left. Who's now he uh, he kind he was I mean he really put Bowie back on the map. He took them to the Final Four when Bowie was kind of like a 
just an easy victory in the CIAA. He turned it into a nationally ranked program where you know, they was getting D1 transfers year in and year out. Now he's the head coach at Fayetteville State. And I mean, look how good they are now just for him. So, um, you know, he talked me into it. I, I was kind of hesitant at first, um, but he talked me into it. And then I went up there, I met coach and I mean, I loved it. And then when we had our first workout and I saw all that talent in the gym, man, it was, I mean, it was crazy the amount of talent that was in that gym. I mean, we had a dude, we had a dude that was there. He ended up not getting grades. So he had a red shirt that year. He was freaking ridiculous. Like he was probably like, I mean, he easily was a high major basketball player. He just was a high major, he was a high major uh, head case. You know what I'm saying? And I think JUCO is a good route for people like that back in the day. And it goes somewhere to help your, you know, help your recruit. Now, you know, if you go to a small school, stuff like that, you know, you play a bigger scene, it can help. Because, you know, when I played JUCO, Allegheny had about 10 Division One players. We played in one year, 10 Division One players. And they wasn't just sending them to, like, low-level D1s. They were going high major schools. I mean, they were going to Maryland. And when I was in school, Maryland was, you know, going to the Final Four. You know, and they was going there, not just going there. They were actually going there and playing. Um, so, I mean, I love my experience. I played against some really good players. Our summer workouts, like open gyms were ridiculous because you get guys coming home. You know, back then, you know, they didn't hold you hostage like that. Kids actually came home for the summer for a longer period of time. So, I mean, you walk up in the gym, you never know. You got Mike Sweetney at George. You walk in the gym, here's Mike Sweetney, a player at Georgetown who's a lot of you pick, you know, then here comes next thing you look, here comes Keith Jennifer comes in there. And then next thing you look, you got two players that play in Dayton coming in. Like it was, you know, Baltimore city, you know, every, they're very tight. So you get some of those guys, they just want a good run. And it was just unbelievable basketball. And, and I could tell it really took my game to the next level. Like when I first went to Juco and I watched workouts, I was like, man, I'm not going to play. I'm just, and I was like, I'm good. But these dudes are like, Really, 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 really good. But, you know, I held my own. I started for two years. You know what I'm saying? I have a double digit both years. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I think I represented my school and stuff well. I mean, fortunate enough uh, to get me, you know, to go to Shepherd. You know what I'm saying? I went to Shepherd. Then eventually then I just stopped and came home and went to college. I mean, I came home and started coaching. You know, obviously, you know, I came back home. I finished my degree at uh, University uh, District of Columbia. Um, they tried They tried to get me to play. I mean, the coach offered me a full ride. <laughs> he, he saw me in open gym and, he, and he, uh, he offered me a full ride on the spot. He was like, can you come to my office? I went downstairs to his office and it was a guy named Julius Smith. Julius Smith was an assistant coach at, I want to say Indiana. And that's where he came from. And uh, he begged me, he was like, man, can you, you know, you play, you play, you play. But I just, you know, after I left Shepherd and I started, I got into coaching that summer, it was just hard to go back to just playing. So you left Shepherd and go to UDC. Did you redshirt while you were at Shepherd? You're fading out. I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. So did, did you – Red shirt at Shepherd, or how did you have that extra year eligibility? I well, what happened? I transferred from JUCO, 
So when I transferred, so I, I transferred from JUCO, it was two guards. It was myself and another guard had came in the same day for a workout. I didn't have any idea that it was two guards auditioning for this one for this one scholarship. So I went up there and like like I like I tore it up, like was killing it. Like the returning players, like he was putting the returning players on me, and like I was just like abusing them, abusing them. So he was like, so as soon as I was ready to leave. You know, he told the other kid, you know, we'll be in touch. And he told me, can you come upstairs so we can talk and stuff like that. So I went up there, I tore it up. Um, he brought me back up there for uh, another visit. I did well up there and he offered me a scholarship. So coming from JUCO. So then that's when I came in there. That's when um, Chad was a sophomore and up there. So he was up there. But then, like, eventually, like, I stopped. I just, I just... But like you know, I was like, man, I'm just done playing. Okay. And then like my in like uh my coach was not happy. He was not happy. Especially because they had just they had just had an article in the paper about him put talking about me being a captain and stuff. I mean, I was a captain. And and was probably was probably gonna be projected to be starting point guard. I mean, he said in the article I was gonna be a starting point guard and stuff like that. So you know what I mean? Like I said, you know, no regrets. Things happen happen for a reason, but I, I definitely think that uh, I would have toured up there, especially with having shooters like Chad up there. What led you to that decision to, you know, hang it up? And, and I know when I had Chad on, he mentioned he was a better shooter. Who's the best? Who's the better all-around player, though? Oh, not even close. <laughs> That's not even close. Now, hopefully, he sees this. Not even close. I used to love when Chad got me. Cause I knew I could do whatever I wanted to do. Like it was so bad. Like it, it was so bad. I only think the only think the players on the team knew this. Coach pulled me in the office. The honest to God story. Um, he pulled me in the office and told me that I wasn't allowed to do pick and roll anymore because I was killing dudes with pick and roll. You know what I mean? Cause they, I mean, they, they couldn't guard it, but what they didn't understand was I was in Baltimore two years playing against freaking dogs. So I was a shepherd. It was a relief. You know, you know what I mean? I tell you all the time, my team, the team of Shepard was good, but they wasn't as good as my Juco team. My, my Juco team, man, we had, like I said, you know Akeem. Akeem was an all-conference performer down there. You know what I'm saying? We had another, uh, I mean, Jerron Taylor, I'm sure you know him. He didn't even start, and he went Division One. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even start and went Division One. We had a good team. So playing against those guys night in and night out, and by the time I get up to Shepard, I'm like, shit, this a relief. You know, you mentioned you started coaching, especially, you know, rather young. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you got started. Was it AAU? Was it high school? And, you know, just kind of what like you mentioned – you you hung it up as a player, but you still had that passion for basketball. So, you know, talk about that. Yeah, so that summer, my high school coach, I had, I had went up to the school one day just to go check on my high school coach to have a great relationship with him. Uh, my high school coach is named Tom Albright. He was legendary coach in our um, state. I mean, he's one of the all-time leading winning his coaches in the state, definitely up there in top five public school, might be even top three. Um, Five state championships, 
You know, I mean, he was the man. You know, him and Morgan Wooten were like this. That that's his boy, Morgan Wooten. He, that's his boy. You know, so we real tight. But um, he asked me. I was home one summer. I mean, I was up to school one summer. He's like, hey. Would you mind coaching my team? Because back then in Maryland, they had a rule where your head coach couldn't coach the team in the offseason, which is crazy. I didn't understand that. So he was like, can you coach a team for me? I was like, yeah. And I coached it. And I enjoyed it, you know, had fun. Didn't think nothing more of it. And then next thing you look, fast forward to the fall, he retired. And then he his assistant coach got it, Ray Bourne, who's now my current AD. But Ray was my assistant coach in high school. So he knew that I coached the team during the summer. And he's like, hey, man, you mind? Uh, you want to get on staff? So I was a little hesitant at first, and I did it. And then it just became so addicting. And look at me now. Great hair later. Not a great hair later. Hey, at least you have hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how was it to, you know, coach your own team? I know you coached. As a head coach at the JV level, you mentioned kind of those those summer leagues. What did it feel like to be able to call a timeout? You know, it it was kind of weird just because, like, dang, the practice schedule is on me now. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever we need to work on, it's going to be, you know what I'm saying, my decision. Now I'm going to have to be the one to manage the game. I'm not going to be the one holding the clipboard, telling the assistant, hey, I think we need a timeout. You know, that's now my final decision. So it was definitely a transition. Um, but luckily, like me being a point guard, I was always probably considered by my coaches a cerebral point guard. So I always like knew how to kind of like manage a game in my head. So I think being a point guard really helped me as far as coaching. Sometimes it's a little hindrance because I may overthink some situations, but it, it really helped me a lot. You know, I, I read that you were the first African-American head coach in the history of your program. What does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot because when I was playing, it was only one African-American coach in our county period. You know what I'm saying? At my school, we had African-American track coach, and that's it. You know, we didn't really have that many head coaches, and I'm glad because it's really changed now. Um you know, that's diversity has always been an issue, not just at the high school level, but at college and in the NBA, even um, at the you know management level, general managers and ownership. So um, it, it meant a lot to know that I could go home and be the African-American coach. You know what I mean? Even though our school's predominantly white, there's still a lot of African-Americans that have attended the school and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it meant a lot to know that, that I was able to do that, you know. You know, I think you're the definition of a hoops junkie, kind of like myself. You know, yeah, I know, you know, I know, that, I know, you know that you're active, you know, with DMV Elite and the middle school leagues. Do you ever have an off season? Never, uh, never. You know, and and like, I, I think it's a, a a blessing because like the school I'm at, you have so many. It's a small school, and you have so many uh, multi-sport kids that I think if I had a lot of kids that were just like basketball first kids or basketball only kids, I may get a little a little lazy because I'm be like, well, I don't need to do it. Their trainer can do it or their AU coach can do it and stuff like that. So um, I like being hands-on, so it allows me to be hands-on. But yet I also like my kids to hear stuff from other people. 
you know, I could tell him, hey, man, you need to come off a little tight on that ball screen. You know, I could tell him that every day in practice, but it might mean a little bit more if it comes from Coach Cap. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely um, – you know, I, I definitely don't mind getting involved in that stuff. You know, I'm, I love sports and I'm a people's person. So then I like it. And like, I, I like that the middle school league, uh, the PYBL that I'm uh, that I'm in charge of for our county. I like that league because you're still coaching these kids at an age where they still listen. And I like helping them. And I actually like it because I actually get a chance to help them in their process of picking a school. You know, majority of the kids in that league, you know, they're going to go to private schools, a handful may go public. Um, but I just like helping them with the process because, you know, a lot of people lie. And so I like being that guy that I can explain to parents like how like how my mother was, you know, that didn't really know basketball, but have somebody that they trust could be honest and say this is a good decision. Like, you know what? I know this coach, your child don't fit his person. Your child's personality don't fit this coach's personality. Your child's style don't fit this style. You know what? Your kid is a 5'11 power forward. I think he might need to go public school or, or a smaller private. You know what I mean? So I just like being a part of that process and helping kids making decisions. I don't make the final decision, but I try to be very honest with the pros and cons because I don't want them to waste, you know, four years go by fast. and I don't want them to waste it in a situation that they were highly unlikely to be successful in. How did you get involved with that PYBL? Um, the guy that runs it actually came to one of my games. He actually came to our county championship game. And he liked me, he liked what I did and stuff like that. So that's how he got it. So I, he, he liked what I did. You know what I mean? I guess he liked how I ran my program and did a good job. We've been, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to put a lot of kids to school and, you know, you know, we, you send public school kids division one we've had what five since 2011 so i mean that also helps as well so you know i was fortunate enough to be around it I, i'd always followed it but i never knew how i wanted to get involved and i'm really i'm really a, a big proponent of helping and run the county kids get more exposure because it's a lot more talent out here than people realize you know when people come to maryland they always think about you know, PG and DC and Baltimore, but they don't understand. It's a lot of talented players, Northern Virginia, um, especially Anne Arundel County. You know, you can find some gems in Anne Arundel County, Howard County, um, even out there, like, you know, Harford County, something like that. It's studs. You know, Emmanuel Quickly is not from Baltimore, he's from Harford County. You know, a lot of people forget that. You know? You know, like, like you just touched on, and not only having success on the court, but, you know, having players go on and play at various levels. You said that, you know, five guys go to division one, despite all the people that knock private school basketball, why do you think that is? And you kind of mentioned it, but how are you helping to change the narrative? Well, I think the key, and I tell all these public school coaches that if, if we want kids to start making public school a viable option, we have to get them to the next level. And we have to be more hands-on. You know, the, the biggest disadvantages that people say about public school is that we're too hands-off. You know, we can't practice in the off-season. We don't have strength and conditioning coaches. You know, we don't have those resources that a lot of parents and even AAU coaches don't think that we can help, um, you know, their kid, their child gets better. So I think in order for us to do, like I know from my mindset, is to try to run my program like a private school. Like, we're going to practice – 
in the off. You know, we're gonna we you know obviously we can't practice, but we're gonna work out in the off season. We're gonna focus on skill development. We're gonna lift three days a week. You know what I'm saying? Like little things like that that we have to do so that you know kids want to come. You know what I mean? Like social media, we got to put it out there and let these parents know. Like, hey man, I can go to Southern. It's free, and my kid can still go to school. You know what I mean? And and that's that's huge for us. And I say it all the time, we have to get our kids in the school, regardless of what level, from Division One to JUCO, NAI, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's the USCAA thing. Let's let them play at the next level because they don't understand that right now there's a parent in fifth or sixth grade that's contemplating if they want to come to your school or not. And the, and the deciding factor in a lot of situations is going to be, where can you help my child get to school? You know, it's, it's helped me. I have a good eighth grade in my area now. I mean, and that's helped me. You know what I mean? A lot of private schools are trying to get him. His dad is like, I don't need to because he can go to Southern and go to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Where if we was in a situation where we wasn't sending kids to school, you know, the key word school, not even Division One, that kid's dad might be like, you know what? We don't need him. We're going to go and kick out that $10,000, $20,000 and go private and see what they get. And, you know, and, and one thing I sell all the time, too, is be a big fish in a small pond. You know, be a big fish in a small pond. Sometimes, do you want to be that guy that's an eighth or ninth man that gets two or three shots? Or you can come to my school, you can be the man, get 15, 20 shots, playing a packed gym on Friday night. And with the resources that I have and with, you, with the right AAU program, you can get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's not just what you know, it's who you know. If I, if I have a kid that's a Division One kid, you know, I, I told you about the other one kid. If I have a kid, Division One kid, I'm calling my D1 guys because they know that I'm only calling. I'm, I'm not calling Coach Cap for a kid that's really a D2 kid. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know me long enough. I'm not calling for somebody that's not a Division One kid. You know what I'm saying? I, I called a Division One coach the other day, and that's what I was telling him about a kid. And he was like, well, I trust you because you don't call for just all your kids at Division One. They're not Division One. I'm not going. No, you're not. He's not Division One kid. But if he's Division One, you know what I'm saying. I'm going to use my resources and get them there. Yeah. Now you definitely have a proven track record. That helps. Mm-hmm. What was last season like for you as a coach, as far as handling the COVID protocols and restrictions? I know it was really tough in Maryland. And was that really your most trying season as a coach? Yes, because we were loaded. We, I mean, I had a really good team. I had, oh, my goodness, just thinking about it makes me sick. I mean, I have, um, I mean, my kid, Jay Coleman, he's a freshman down at High Point. You know, we, we talked about him. Um, I have another guard I have now, uh, Larry Bullock. He's he's a senior this year. He's a Division One kid. I'd had him. I have a Division Three kid that's at McDaniel right now, and a Division Two kid at Livingstone. So I'd have had four college basketball players on one team at a public school, which is, I mean, you know, you're familiar with public school like I am. I mean, that's shoot, you get two. That's a big thing, but four, you know what I mean? So I mean, we we were loaded, man. Man, it was very tough because a lot of my kids knew where we we're going to be good, even a community. Uh, even other coaches in our league, I mean, like when our season got canceled, I had other coaches in my league call me 
because they felt bad for me because they knew how good we were, you know, how good we were going to be. Um, so it was really tough because we were going to be really good. So, you know, it was like a what if season, you know, the question mark season. And then our county made us do like virtual basketball. And you know, as well as I know, these kids were already on the computer all day, every day. The last thing they wanted to do was get on the computer for an hour talking about basketball or me, you know what I'm saying? Sugarcoating stuff. Like, yeah, we're going to have a season. We're going to have a season. We're really deep down inside. I knew we really wasn't going to have a season. So it, it was definitely tough. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it makes this year tough because, like, I'm, I'm two years behind. You know, I really uh, – you know, I have a lot of kids that, you know, played as freshmen and haven't played in two years. And I'm saying literally two years because some of my kids that are going to be asked to play important roles, you know, were playing other sports. You know what I'm saying? So I really have to – in three or four weeks, I got to really, you know what I'm saying, fix stuff fast. So that's why my attention to detail is going to be huge because these kids lost their season. Definitely. You know, Coach, we've come to the segment I call start, bench, cut. I give uh, you three things. You start one, bench one, and cut one. Uh-huh. Start off, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Oh, Nike's starting. Who's getting cut? Who's coming off the bench? Uh, Nike's definitely starting. Uh, uh, Under Armour is is coming off the bench, and Adidas cut. Okay. Uh, Alonzo Mourning, Kembe Matumbo, Roy Hibbert, college career. Ooh, I, I, I think uh, Alonzo's Alonzo's definitely starting. I, I think. See, that, that's tough because Roy Hibbert had a nice college career and he led us to the Final Four. Who? that's a tough – I guess I got to go with Matumbo because Matumbo was defensive, uh, Big East defensive player of the year, which was crazy that him and Alonzo Mourner was co-defensive player of the year on the same team. That, that'll that never be done again. Never. So I'm going to have to cut Roy Hibbert. Okay. Hoop dreams, last chance you basketball, last dance. Oh, last dance starting. Um, who drains? Who drains will probably come off the bench, and I'm cutting. Uh, I'm cutting hoops. You and I and, and not and I, let me last chance you hoops. And I like last chance you. The only thing I don't like about it was I'm not so familiar with California basketball. I think if it was somewhere else, like if it was like one of those Midwest JUCOs or Kansas JUCOs. Then I'd be more into it because I would be like, oh, okay, they playing for Sins or they playing such and such. You know, now they playing a bunch of schools, you know what I'm saying? I never heard of. Like I learned more about California JUCOs in, in 10 episodes than I did in shoot, 17, 18 years of playing. I mean coach, I mean. DC nightlife. Uh Jumbo Slice, Bitten's Chili Bowl, Goodies Pizza. Oh Jumbo Slice once. Jumbo Slice starting. Goodies second. Ben Shelly Bowl cutting. Last one. Hoop dirt, coaching changes, Marcus Helton. Twitter follows. I gotta go with Marcus. He first. Marcus starting. Hoop dirt is 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 uh coming off the bench. Definitely. I love I love hoop dirt though. I love hoop dirt. Definitely. I mean, they're on top of everything. It, it's funny, like, talking to coaches that's going through interviews and stuff, and they get so pissed off when, like, who does put their business out there? Like, one of my one of my coaching buddies, I can put his name out there, like, he interviewed for a D3 job, and he was, like, pissed because it was all who dirt. He's like, how did they find out? 
Coach, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Have you had Have you had Thomas Eisen down on there yet? I have not. He uh, we had scheduled twice and uh, scheduling issues. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's definitely somebody you definitely uh, want to get on there. He has a he has a lot of stories. Um, another coach you want to get on there? Have you, uh, is uh, Josh Pratt? Have you had him on there? I have not. Josh Pratt would be a good guy to, to get on there too, because he has a lot. He has a lot of stories, you know, especially and and another person too that's good. Uh, I have four because Mike Glick is good too, um, but Dale Lambert is good too, because I, I like talking to Dale because Dale was around before when uh, he was at Blair when Steve Francis was there, so it was just funny getting some of those Steve Francis stories. I mean, he actually was on uh, Steve Francis was it Beyond the Glory or one of the things he was on. Yeah, definitely. What advice do you have for coaches trying to become a varsity head basketball coach? Get mentors. I tell young kids, I tell young coaches that all the time. Just had this conversation yesterday. Get mentors. A lot of young guys think they know everything, but you don't understand that you can learn a lot from from getting these mentors. You know, I was fortunate enough, you know, I had four or five coaches in my back pocket. That I used to just talk to all the time and just pick their brain, not even when I had situations, but just to learn and just see how they handle certain situations because, you know, coaching is becoming more and more difficult every year. You know, every parent think their kid is uh, the next Division One basketball player, the next NBA lottery pick. So, you know, it's good to listen to people to see how they handle certain situations, how they handle egos. And not only that, how they handle, um, you know, working with administration, you know, that's, that's, that's a big deal. You know, I, it, it was a job that came up that I was really interested in. And I always told people, it's like only a couple of jobs that I would leave Southern for. And this was a job that I actually really contemplated leaving Southern for, but you know, I mean, I was talking to, um, I'm going to tell you who I talked to. I'm not going to take school, but I talked to uh, my buddy, Andy Sachs, who used to be at, uh, Holy Cross, he was assistant at Holy Cross. He was the head coach at Salisbury. Now he's coaching junior college ball in Maryland at Chesapeake. And I talked to him about it. And he just telling me, like, you know, you, you have to have a good relationship with your AD. You know, I heard bad things about AD and it just turned me off. You know, if I didn't have that conversation, I might have been in a situation with an AD that I didn't see eye to eye with. And or an administration that um I didn't see eye to eye with, you know, just because the school has more talent and doesn't mean it's a, it's a better job for you, you know? And so I'm grateful to have people like him in my corner. That's going to give me good advice, not based off what I want to hear, but what I need to hear. So that I tell young coaches all the time, man, you need to get people like that in your ear. And, and then when they tell you stuff, don't take it personal. Understand that it's coming from a genuine spot and not hate or anything. Cause you know, the key word nowadays in sports is, hate you know you tell a kid he can't go left first thing his parents say oh you hate no it's an honest critique because we want him to get better so that's one thing i definitely tell kids i mean i tell young young coaches that's definitely crucial Mm -hmm. coach if listeners want to get in touch with you email social media what have you what's the best way uh shoot the best way to get in contact with me definitely on social media is uh harwood hoyer h-a-r W-O-O-D-H-O-Y-A. That's my Twitter handle. And easy on Instagram. It's very easy. 
um, Coach Maynard. And I'm on Facebook. I'm not hiding from anybody. My name is Will Maynard. Just look me up and uh, you'll find me. I'm easy. I, I like networking. I like meeting new coaches because I'm the type of coach, if I have a big game tomorrow and we playing against a team that, that runs a, a zone, I might call you up and be like, hey, such and such. You know, I asked you yesterday about certain coverage, how you handle uh, single side corners on, on dribble penetration. You know, you never know. I don't know everything. I'll never know anything. And I'm only as good as my resources. And that's why, you know what I mean? I use my resources all the time. Sometimes I'll be like that. I feel bad for nagging, but then I get over it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Coach, appreciate you making time coming on the podcast and best of luck this season. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. And the next time you talk to Chad Myers, tell him to stop lying on your podcast saying that he's a better shooter than me because we know that's not true. <laughs> no doubt. Coach, appreciate you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the invite. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars. Welcome to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview Coach Will Maynard. He's the head boys basketball coach at Southern High School in Maryland.